You're listening to the World Watch weekly podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch With You podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jared. And we are excited to have you for uh, another episode. Before we dive into this week's content, we wanted to mention to you that this Sunday, November 7th, is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Perhaps your church is getting involved and you'll be praying on Sunday morning, but we do also want to invite you to our online event on November 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. You can find it on our website uh, to register, opendoorscanada.org slash event. The whole event is going to be focused on Afghanistan. We're going to uh, talk a bit about it. We're going to hear from two Afghan believers, and we're going to have a, a time of prayer as we lift up our brothers and sisters in that country. On today's podcast, we did want to do something a little different. We wanted to share a few stories with you from the persecuted church. And uh, all these stories come from Asia, and they're about different individuals. So we're going to share to you about an individual, share their story, and then we're going to pray for that individual. And so, Jared, why don't you start us off with our first individual today? So let me start by telling you the story of Sam Sidin, who is a believer in Bangladesh, and he lives there with his wife, Mafuza. Sam Sidin is a veterinarian. He's known to care for animals in the village. Uh, he also does pastoral work and evangelism, and he's known to be an active Christian, active in the ministry in the region. And he was arrested uh, during a, a veterinarian meeting, actually, along with 17 others who were not Christians. And they were arrested as a group for allegedly being part of Jamaat Islam, which is a, a religious political party in Bangladesh that is known for being anti-state. And so the authorities arrested this group because they thought it was uh, a conspiracy against the government. Now, Mafuza spoke up against her husband's arrest and was supported by others because it's well known that he is a Christian. He's not part of Jamaat-e Islam, which is a Islamic political party. And this is a quote from Mafuza, his wife. The villagers and the local leaders know he is a Christian. He cannot be a part of the Islamic religious political party. He went there for professional training purposes, there being the meeting. Now, many people know about Christ, for we are proclaiming everywhere that he is a pastor. Now, the problem here is that even though Mafuza is bold in proclaiming her faith and her husband's, she's doubtful that there's actually going to be justice, especially if his Christian witness is used as a reason for further persecution. Because following his arrest, the investigators have taken documents of Mafuza and Samson's Christian activities and their ministry to prove that he is a Christian. So, as of now, Samson is still under arrest, and according to the latest reports that we have, he is feeling, naturally speaking, frustrated, depressed, he's getting weaker, he can't eat or drink due to fear and tension. And so this is actually a prominent news story in Bangladesh, and it's naturally causing their family a lot of distress. So 
we want to be praying for Samson in health. We want to pray that he will uh, be able to eat and drink again without being too stressed. We'll pray that God gives him wisdom when he's interrogated. Uh, and we'll pray that his wife will continue uh, strong in her faith as she's seeking justice for her husband. Do you want to pray for Samson, Andrew? Yes, let's pray. Father God, we lift up to you uh, our brother Samson today and his wife, Mafuza. God, we thank you for them. We ask today that you would make yourself known to them once again. God, we pray for Samson's health. God, we pray that you would help him to be able to uh, eat and drink, uh, that stress levels would come down. And Father God, that he would be able to uh, take care of his body in that way. Father God, I pray that uh, you would give him wisdom as he is interrogated and speaks with police and lawyers. And God, just give him the wisdom and know what to say. Father God, we pray for Mafuza. God, may she not lose hope. May she continue to have her faith in Jesus Christ. God, and we pray that, that both Samson and Mafuza would, through this situation, would, would somehow, God, as they experience suffering, as you experience suffering, God, may they draw closer to you and become more like Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You will never be able to erect a house in this area. Build it somewhere where your God is. That's what Tao, a believer from Vietnam, heard when trying to build a house for him and his family in September of this year. See, Tao and his wife became believers of Jesus in June, and they were the first converts in their animist village. Animus being uh, a, a belief or a framework built around the spirit world and, and traditional beliefs from uh, their village. Uh, after their conversion, uh, Tao and his family felt that they had to move out of uh, their parents, his his parents' home, you know, because they weren't believers and, and they had to start for themselves. And so uh, they, they got to their land. Tao ordered the materials, put up a makeshift tent. And before he even got to start building it, the government authorities came, prohibited him from doing so. You know, and so he, since then he tried a second time. And uh, when he when he started building, a few days later, the local authorities came again and demanded that Tao stop the construction and demolish what he had already started on the house because it was in a quote unquote no build zone. Tao had already spent all of his money on the land and for the materials of the house. Tao's pastor said that because Tao is less educated and knowing that he, he won't retaliate, the local authorities say and do what they please. If Tao had really violated this no-build zone law, more than half the houses in Tao's village should be demolished. They are doing this because Tao's family became Christians and they don't want them to be. So now Tao and his family are back living in a tent. You know, the, the pastor shared this, it burdens my heart. I have contacted many people and the provincial government, but there's no response yet. I will keep fighting for my people and I will keep raising my voice until their case is resolved. The rainy season is coming and they would not survive while in that tent. Recently, Tao was summoned to the police office and was warned and threatened. This did not bother Tao. In fact, the pastor said, you know, I was worried they, they might give up their newfound faith. But when I called, they said, we are willing to die and we will never renounce Jesus. It's a tough situation that Tao and his family have been put in. And so we want to pray for Tao, his wife, and their five children. And, uh, and so we want to pray that God will continue to strengthen and nurture their faith 
We want to pray that the appeal that Tao's pastor has made would be heard by higher government authorities. And we want to pray that Tao will be able to build this house, that they'll be provided for financially, and their daily needs will be met. And we want all of this to happen before the rainy season comes. Would you pray, Jared? Yep, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the story of our brother Tao and his family. Thank you for their courage in choosing to follow you, despite being the only ones in their village to do so. And thank you that they've been able to connect with the regional pastor who's helping them through this. Lord, we pray that you would work a miracle here. We pray that the authorities would change their minds and that Tao would be able to build a house and that this would happen before the rainy season uh, so that they will not have to be uh, living without shelter during the during the season. Lord, I pray that you would grant them wisdom in how to proceed. I pray that you would bring people into the situation who are sympathetic to Thou and his faith. Lord, and above all, we pray that they would continue to follow you and that their faith would be strengthened and that through that they would glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jared, why don't you take us back to Bangladesh for one more story? Yeah, the story of Joe Bayer, who is a 24-year-old believer from North Bangladesh, who recently became a Christian. Now, Joe Bayer works uh, for a company that distributes and sells electrical materials, parts for cell phones, and the income that he made was used to support his parents and his family's daily needs. And what happened was Joe Bayer had participated in a youth camp event, which was organized by Open Doors Partners. And all of the participants were given a t-shirt that had a slogan on it. And the slogan had the words, therefore go, which you might recognize from Matthew 28, which uh, Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And a colleague of Joe Bayer's noticed him wearing a t-shirt at work and asked him the meaning. This is what Joe Bayer said, quote, we as the followers of Jesus Christ are commanded to go all over the world and tell the good news of the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, it is our responsibility to share the gospel. That was Jobair's response to his friend, Ramzan. Now, Ramzan hadn't known that Jobair was a Christian, and he was shocked. And a few days later, after work, Ramzan asked Jobair to join him in an isolated location, and there he confronted Jobair about his faith. He told him to renounce his faith in Jesus and turn back to Islam. And Jobair said no. Well, when he said no, Ramzan proceeded to threaten him with a knife that he had hidden in his bag. And he said, if you do not return to Islam, I will kill you. Well, Jobair said afterwards that I didn't realize Ramzan would do such a thing to me. All day long, he was acting nice around me. And that night I saw his anger that he had toward me and Christian people. Well, Jobair got out of that situation at the time, but the next day he was afraid to return to work. He stayed home until he got a call from his office requesting him to come into the office. And so he thought everything was fine. But when he went in, he found that the staff had gathered and was waiting for him. And then his coworkers began to interrogate him, asking him why he converted. They asked him if he had been bribed to become a Christian. Well, Jabeir, of course, denied that allegation and he refused to turn his back on Jesus as Lord. Well, doing so made his boss and his coworkers angry. They began to gang up on him, hit him, mock him. They chased him out of the building and told him he was no longer welcome at his job. As a result, of course, Jobert had lost his income. He's devastated that he can't support his family in that way. And 
Since then, he's been, of course, uh, fearful and frustrated with the situation and, and depressed. He's worried that his ex-colleagues might come after him again or worse, come after his family. So Open Doors Local Partners are currently praying with him in Bangladesh and are trying to help him and his family during this time. So we're going to pray for him now and we would encourage you to pray along with us. Pray that he'll be able to recover uh, both mentally and emotionally from, from this traumatic situation. Pray that God will provide him with a job, a way to earn income to help his parents and his family. And pray for the non-believing neighbors of the Christians in Bangladesh, that they will see Jobert's life as a testimony, uh, and that they will follow Jesus, as well as learn to uh, acknowledge and respect other faiths in their community. Let's pray. Father God, we we thank you for Jobert. We thank you for his decision to follow you. We ask God today that you would help him, that you would meet him where he is. God, we ask that you would lift from him uh, the fear and the depression and the worry. God, that faith and trust would rise up in his heart once again. God, we thank you for his faith and trust in you. God, we thank you that while being surrounded uh, by colleagues telling him to, you know, to turn back to Islam, he shared his faith in Jesus Christ. And we pray, God, that those seeds would not return void. We pray that those seeds that have been planted would would be watered and would grow, Father God, and that many of his colleagues, including Ramzan, would come to faith in Jesus Christ. God, we ask that you would protect him. You protect his family. And we ask, Father, that through all of this, your name would be made known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us this week for the World Watch Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us again on Sunday for our International Day of Prayer event. Don't forget to head over to opendoorscanada.org slash IDOP event. To learn more and to register for it there. Also, make sure to subscribe to and share the podcasts so that we can reach even more people with news about your persecuted family. Give us a follow on social media at Open Doors Canada. And until next week, God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more ways to pray for your persecuted family on our website at opendoorscanada.org or follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada.